Well, Aaron Gedal, she's really because I saw can fear keen fortune. May I thank you for that very warm welcome? I was absolutely delighted when you came to see me in the Oris just a couple of months ago, because it was very important, I think, for me as well, to actually hear from you the full range of the services that you have been providing over a very long time. I'm delighted you, you mentioned how I, Grandmother Gwydlid, we're coming up to Christmas and I can think of no better way of spending the days coming up to Christmas than taking the opportunity of acknowledging those who are providing, above all else, human companionship and support uh, to those who, who, who are vulnerable. Uh, I've been thinking for a very, very long time about how it, so much is going on and it uh, is important that it all be recognised. Uh, I think we're also in conditions of very, very great change and uh, we are challenged, I think, as human beings as to how we want to interpret that change and, and see it uh, happen. Uh, the Methodist community in Dublin has been providing some of these services for a very, very long time. I think your really the initial point is just over a hundred years ago. Over two hundred. Two years ago. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> see, they've. That's now for making my miscreant. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, it would be because it's in, yes, it would, and it's very interesting because. Uh, that year, in, in 1816, just immediately followed what people neglect was a mini-famine in Ireland in 1815. And there was a great deal of uh, rumours that the country was finished and uh, so forth. And then it led up, of course, to the, great, uh, uh, to the Great Famine. And, of course, in that famine of 1847-48, your community, had, of course, was very, very active as well. Uh, one of the reasons uh, uh, what you are providing, for example, 35 self-help groups, and I'm so pleased to have had the opportunity of meeting some of them as I came in, meeting every week, a homeless ministry, uh, and I think again we should all know now, uh, not just say that it's just another Christmas in which we recognise homelessness, but I think the fact that You've been going out, I think, as I met uh, the person who was going out on that four nights a week and so forth. It is something that has been with us for quite a while, too long. The sheltered housing complexes, uh, uh, which so delighted to meet you and congratulate you for what you're doing there. In fact, it has often struck me uh, about uh, the concept of the sheltered housing complexes and so on, about... How, how much more we, could, we how much more we could do uh, with the concept of uh, cooperative forms of cooperative housing? Uh, in fact, uh, from the beginning of the stage, it's one of the philosophies that we lost to some extent and didn't make enough use of. Most many many people speak. Uh, you get a kind of the, an emphasis when people stop calling. Uh, uh, home, uh, then they call it a house, and then in another part of it, in another vernacular, they'll say to you, they'll refer to it as the property. And as people start referring to something as the property, they've taken nearly every human reference out of it. But of course, if you trace it back to what you call, for example, sheltered housing complex, 
or in the Irish word for it would be skull. What you're in fact offering is something that's very, very important and very, very human. The ability to be safe, comfortable, and to have one's basic needs met. And it's something I think that we need to think about, about making far more use, in fact, of that cooperative uh, ethos and that ethos of people doing things together. And then, of course, there's the, the, the nursing home and the classes. And I do want to thank uh, those who both deliver care and those who are sharing their teaching skills uh, with those who need them. And then the op opportunities for continual upskilling. And I do indeed realise, and I'm very pleased, to be able to recognise the active members of your church community. Uh, and I think that, uh, as, as well as that, the people I've some of the people I've met from, from Africa, finding a, a, a warm, welcoming space is very important. The central mission, uh, your work, has really been active in all of the significant chapters of our natural history. And in a way, when one thinks about the Methodist community and the Ireland that it came to, uh, it has had to change course to be able to take account of new circumstances. When it would have originally began, it, well, Ireland would have been a rural society. We are predominantly an urban society. For now, I think, uh, sometimes since about 1971, you have the majority of the population are living in cities that throw up whole new challenges in relation uh, to inclusion. Uh, I was just thinking about that the other day about uh, as someone who was a sociologist myself and used lecture on the sociology of the city. There's no doubt that one of the most serious issues uh, facing Ireland is the imbalance in population. Uh, as, uh, and it's fascinating that it's an issue that Ireland shares with many countries all over the world. And one of the great challenges of the next decades will be trying to sustain uh, livable communities in rural areas where they are. In other words, not everyone needs or is it useful if everyone flies to the city. And it's kind of a reflection on our failure to diffuse uh, science and technology, that we haven't made rural living more viable. Uh, and it's a, it's a great challenge. But on the city itself, the city is a very specific experience. And one of the things about it, there are people, for example, in Ireland, uh, in the past, uh, who sought cities elsewhere uh, because they found, in many cases, there was a, a welcoming anonymity in the city in which you could live your life with more freedom, a freedom often denied to you at home. Uh, and in many cases, uh, the city, uh, I remember my mother liked the city. She said in the city there was always the sound of people outside in the street. And the street is very important. And our streets are full of human beings, human, human people who are moving in different ways. And it is a mark of the civilization of a people as well. Uh, when in fact the streets are full of friendship and full of conversation, rather than full of rage and anger and danger and so on, as too often happens. I think the concept of the street is also important as well in relation to the future of 2018 and all the issues we are now discussing. 
Uh, recovering a positive relationship with the European street is something that's going to uh, affect us all. If you abandon the voices of the street, and if you're no longer able to listen to the conversation of the street, you're placing yourself seriously at risk of losing the necessary trust that holds society together. I also think as well that there's a great advantage in it in meeting people in all of their diversity, in all of their different particularities and so forth. And I must say, uh, I would find it myself maybe very hard to live in, uh, in, in, in isolation. I've lived among people, people all my life. But if you do, uh, you take on a responsibility for the care of the other. It's been an absolute privilege when you came to see me a couple two months ago in Arsenal Throne to explain services because you don't very much actually broadcast what you do. And I was uh, therefore anxious to hear uh, uh, all about it. Because what's most important, I mentioned it in my inaugural address in November 2011, that people trans tra are always about, uh, if you have had difficulties, about a process of transformation. People who are angry are trying to make the transformation to peace. People with addictions are trying to make the trans transformation into the freedom and into to be free of zone. And people who are also, for example, have suffered great blows through, for example, having to leave their country, be it through natural disasters, a conflict, or war, or ethnic division. Everything is about a process of transformation and recognizing the whole multitude of transformations that are underway at any time is marvellous. And there is nothing more really ethical than being able to put yourself into the position of being an ally in a person's task of transformation. And your services are, are doing that. And then the other side of it is the people that have turned out to meet me in many cases. Many of them will have had stories that stand as a backdrop to the warm embrace that they have experienced at the Dublin Central Mission. And then I'm very conscious of it as well. Uh, the loudest voices held most sustainably, and sometimes when they have so much power that they hardly need to speak at all, are often those of people who hold great resources of power. But there are very many voices in our society that perhaps we haven't listened to. <clears throat> For example, the voices who are all who are asking more and more, that we meet the basic needs of sufficiency of our society. Is it not possible, and we're in the middle of this 21st century, in 2018 and onwards, uh, that we meet the basic needs of people, of health and food and shelter and so on? And where did the notion that the insatiable pursuit of wealth without borders uh, came to be established as the mark of celebrity, the mark of something to be admired. Isn't there something seriously wrong with someone who can't stop? And I think there are many people who are actually addicted uh, to, in fact, acquiring uh, ever more, often virtual levels of wealth, who, if they paused and had a little reflection, could realise that it would be much better to be living among people rather than to be living among numbers. And I think uh, this 
shift from sufficiency into insatiability. I've been speaking earlier with some people from Africa about this, about the challenge that uh, by 2050, uh, 40% of all the young people of the world will be on the continent of Africa, 24% of all the people alive on the planet. And therefore, do we say to them that we have had made a success of where we are and that they are backward because they're not imitating us, when it is clear that that level of population is an invitation to us to make a deep reflection on how we have failed to be as fully inclusive, how we have gone down this track of insatiability rather than sufficiency, and how we must do science and technology and economics and ethics and care and respecting cultures and hundreds of forms of spirituality on the continent that is, that is not like that, 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 that Africa. So to all those who have come to live among us, you give us great opportunities of making uh, that reflection. I also think as well that about uh, uh, addiction, getting out of uh, uh, addiction again, in my own uh, uh, training as sociologist, the best possible aid is, of course, apart from the transmission, the transformation of the person and of the spirit and of the will and the strength that is drawn up and so forth, is having people to talk to and to be able to share experience and to get past difficult moments so that one is able to sustain oneself into the journey uh, towards the light that freedom from addiction gives. I think as well to those of us and yesterday I was in, 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 in meeting some people in direct provision. Uh, to those of us, there's language that we need really to deepen and rediscover again. I've been speaking quite a bit about the concept of hospitality. Across all the cultures of the world and all of the belief systems, this word, two words occur again and again, dignitas, which is about dignity, but particularly hosp the word hospitality. Hospitality is the test of how you see the stranger, the other person. And really, at our worst times, many cases, if you could envisage, would it have been a very successful economy anywhere or society if the very rich were living behind gated communities and the majority of the people were hungry in the streets? And yet that is what prevails in some of the the societies they claim to be the most advanced. So how you see the other, being able to put yourself in the shoes of the other, and not in any sentimental way, but in a way in accepting that society is marked by equality, is marked on at least trying to achieve eliminating deep inequalities, are healthy societies, joyful societies. There's only so much that anyone needs anyway. At least that's the way it used to be. It was a very old-fashioned idea, that I suppose now, uh, in many cases. But it's important that I make these, plate, these statements. I'm making them at Christmas time. I'm making them as well in my Christmas message this year. I make reference to the, what is the basic event about what it all is, and about our flight for security, about the birth of, you know, in conditions of homelessness, but also about where if there is ever a clearer example of where words can actually wound and inflame and where words can heal. The region in which the, the Beth, of Bethlehem at the present time is being torn apart again 
and really it has visited upon it uh, words uh, that really, as I have said, inflame division rather than encouraging peace, rather than respecting difference, rather than, for example, accepting the challenge of doing something that is responsible. I've said too much about this, but I want to say I mentioned that journey because I want to wish all those who have made their journeys to your services and who continue to do so, I want to wish them well and health and happiness. And I want to take in the opportunity of saying that it is not obviously those who speak most about what they do, but people like your good selves who have been at it for 200 years and very particularly for some of the services for 50 years, and others who are responding as well as that, that because you've been at it for a long time, means that you also, you also are quite capable, and I congratulate you on it, of seeing the new challenges. It's a great thing to do in Vlinatholi Chirk, a great thing to do in the country, and it's a great thing to do in the country, and it's a as President of Ireland, I want to, ex to express my deep gratitude to your community, your volunteers, and all those who have welcomed as helpers, and very particularly to all those who have been benefiting and will continue to benefit from the wide range of services you provide. And indeed, I look forward to meeting you again at yours at some appropriate time. Thank you. Thank you.